Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. What a powerful interview I have here with Judith Newman, author, contributor, writer to more than 50 publications, including the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Wall Street Journal. But you know what? This is what she's taken on here today. Are you ready for this? What about and why aren't we asking more questions about sexual prejudice against people with disabilities? I just want you to think about that because you're probably thinking, What does that question mean, Pat? Well, I will tell you this. Let's just call it sexual discrimination against people with disabilities. And and why is that a thing? Because we just want to just turn our heads, look the other way, not really take it to heart, think you don't have anything that you could possibly do. And that's why we're talking today with Judith, because here's the thing. You know what you can do? You can listen to this interview. You can get plugged in. You can do something, find out the people that are doing something, and then help us create a change. Judith, it's great to have you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I second and third and fourth everything you just said. <laughs> um, the, the, this, is, this whole question about being an equal sexual citizen uh, in this country, it, it seems weird until you start uh, going into it a, a, a little bit more and, and seeing what that means. Um, you know, as I'm always telling people, you really, you can't legislate attraction, uh, but you can remove barriers uh, to keep people from connecting with each other. And, and that's what this is about. You know, let's for our audience, you know, you and I, this is not our first rodeo, so to speak. I know I got some sores on my butt from taking conversations like this on a couple times. <laughs> but for people that don't know what we're talking about, let's let's just say this is what we're talking about. This is the level of discrimination. This is how it shows up. Have you ever seen this happen? Give us a couple of examples for people that that maybe are like, oh, that's what Judith's talking about. This started because of my worrying about my own son, mm-hmm. who's autistic, and worrying. Um, I wrote a book a few years ago called To Siri With Love, and um, it, it created more of a storm than I ever imagined. And one of the reasons why it was I, I had the audacity as a mother to worry about whether my son would have future romantic and sexual partners. And so when I did that, I heard from all of these people about this very issue in their own lives. I heard from a lot of people who have physical disabilities. And this one woman I connected to online, I I was saying, what are the things people say to you? Um, And she said, well, one of the things she's heard is, you're so pretty for a girl in a wheelchair. 
Mm. which kind of sums up some of some of the issues. I mean, she laughs at this, mm-hmm. but as she said to me, uh, you know, I don't want to be seen as the pretty girl in the wheelchair. I don't want to be seen as an inspiration. And, and the thing is that people immediately go from that to, oh, you poor thing, you can't have sex, you can't have kids. And, and she said to me, you know, what is the thinking there? But because I can't walk, I don't have my period, and therefore I can't have children. What is what is the thinking? And so I think that we need to be able to look at people who have disabilities and remove some of the the mm. preconceptions that we have. And and what people talk to me about is that the the primary uh, preconception about people's sexuality if they're disabled is that they don't have any sexuality. Yeah, that's right. They, they, you know, they, they either, they either are completely non-sexual or, I mean, on the other hand, they don't have sexuality, but they are fetish objects. And so you, you go online and you can see there's a million places where if you want to see somebody, you know, without limbs in a porn movie, you can see that. But what is that really? That is kind of removing a person's real humanity by making them by objectifying or saying that they don't have sexuality at all. And and that's what I'm sort of hoping to just um, make people aware of and make people think about the next time they see somebody who maybe they don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand them, their, their speech. Uh, they don't understand uh, they're, they may be having spasms, you know, their mm-hmm. legs may be having spasms, they may not. But what, whatever the disability is with autistic people, um, it may be that they're calming in the, in the act of calming down, they're kind of flapping their hands. Yep. Whatever it is to get beyond yeah. that and, and see the person. And it's not easy. I'm sure you've had this experience. I'm going to tell you, a I've little had frightened. This. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. You're talking to somebody that stuttered most of her teenage years. And also, how did they put it? I, we now know a lot more. So l- let me just say that. <laughs> let me just get everybody caught up. What I'm about to say yeah. was when I was younger. We're now l- a lot more. We're a little bit smarter, right? That doesn't mean we're right. doing anything about Maybe. it. But we're just a little bit more aware. <laughs> but, you know, imagine me as a kid, right? It's stuttering. Mm-hmm. So let's just start about that. The only time I didn't stutter is right. when I played the viola. But imagine me like this kid that just couldn't get a word out. And then I had what they called a tapping issue. <laughs> so it was like a like an OCD thing. Kind uh, of. Like a, yes? you're on like part of being on the end of a, on a what we call it now is what do we say on the on the end on the spectrum? I think that's a language. But oh, yeah. imagine this stuttering kid that has to tap on everything. I, I mean, oh, my God. But no, I did not have a lot. And did of people dating. not want to meet you because I of that? Have, people, people avoided you. Dating was not on my list, right? <laughs> right, because probably your stutter. I, I don't know this for a fact, but but sometimes I would think anxiety mm-hmm. or you know social yeah. pressure would make the stutter worse, right? Oh, yeah. It's not going to make oh, yeah. it better. But you see, it's part of what we're talking about. Now, let me just really just just say. The thing that I just described for myself is on the low end of what you and I are talking about. You know, we have come to at some level, uh, boy, I wish this is true. I'm going to say it, but I know it's not true. But at some level, we have come to, to understand people that stutter. But we're really talking about 
so many people that are looked down on that that we don't even think of them as sexual beings. You know, you know what the best show that I've seen lately handled this issue? I'm sorry. I'm going to go. Can I go a little pop culture? No, I no, I really want to know because I don't know the answer. It's not a it's not a the L word. I don't know if you watch the L word, the gen, the latest one, but there is an no. entire relationship in there between two people. And one of them is in a wheelchair and, you, you know, right. a, and you watch the beauty and the gentle nature, you know, of, of, of when he picks her up out of the wheelchair. I mean, see, to, I have to see that. Why I, I haven't we do seen this, that. Judith? See, this is what we're talking about. We're also taking one step further. We're now let's go to discrimination because well, yeah. That's well, crazy. I, I also I just I just have to say sure. that uh, a fr- friend of mine in a wheelchair said to me that the prejudice is not just confined to the able-bodied. She said mm. she had a friend in a wheelchair who wouldn't date somebody else who had a disability because yeah. you know he said, well, what are the two of us going to do? And she was like. Right. What do you mean? What are you going to do? She she has a friend who is able bodied. Mm-hmm. Both of their her parents were in wheelchairs, and she's like, they managed to do something. Look, they made her. So the the, the number of uh, the the amount of discrimination is not even confined no, to, not. to to the, to to the able bodied. Um, you know, but yes, is- let's as you say, let's talk about about discrimination. Um, not only yeah. in a sort of psychological way, but in a in a political way, in a in a in a very not political, but in a very practical way. Oh, we can talk what about it in it? a political way. I could talk to you about this, but I want to make sure people know they can go to continentalmagazine.com. So let's just make sure everybody knows that they're going to be able to find yeah. more about what you and I are talking about there, right? Did I get that right? Right, exactly. Continentalmagazine.com. Um, but I, I also want to say this is a new magazine. Yeah. And it's out it's out of Central Europe. And you're going to look there and go like, who are these people? You, you know, you might recognize Roxanne Gay's name. You might recognize Noam Chomsky's name, but a bunch of people, you're going to go, who are they? I'm telling everybody, go and look at the articles of people whose names you can't pronounce because yeah. there's tons of people in here. I'm always like, I, it's, it's kind of a prejudice of mine that somebody with an unpronounceable foreign name is not going to be able to speak to me. Terrible to say, but true. So go look at some of these pieces. And they're all about prejudice mm-hmm. of various kinds. I love that you're doing this. I love that. And by the way, I do read magazines, online magazines from Europe. I'm so struck by the level of authenticity and level of empowered change agents that are contributing to a magazine like this. I mean, aren't you inspired by it? Absolutely. And some of these stories, this is a a, a literary magazine. And I think the word literary magazine scares people a little bit. Like what's going to be in there? Is it going to be all intellectual? Um, And it's, it's not, it's, there's such a range of stories. There's deeply, deeply personal stories. Um, I keep telling people to read this woman named Christina Toth about adopting a Roma child in Hungary. Roma kids are, the, the word we're more associated with it are gypsies, and they're terribly uh, discriminated against group in that country. So that's what I'm saying. Read that story. Go and read a couple of people you've never heard of. Uh, and read my story. It's called I'm Here, I'm Disabled, Get Used to It. And I, I kind of hope it'll make you laugh too. Um, and it'll make you see that disability 
uh, is for many people not just like, oh, oh, this bad thing. It's also their identity. And once you understand that it's identity uh, and that there's pride attached to it, even with all of the pain that sometimes goes with it, you can see people in a slightly different way. Yeah, you are taking on something that is so, if I might say, so very long overdue to be having a discussion. But I love the fact that you're bringing it into where we are today, the world we live in today, because we will make folks invisible. We will make these folks even more invisible. And you you nailed it. The ripple effect of this with people with disabilities, it is so far reaching. I, I, my friend sent me an article this morning, Judith, and mm-hmm. it was... Um, um, I can't remember who the who the man was that made a comment about um, Joe Biden. It, it, he can't talk anymore. And so what's implied in oh, there? Please. Joe stutters. He's like me. We used to stutter. We have to think yeah. before we speak. There are gaps in our in our cadence. I, every time I hear him speak, I am just I, 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 when I think about the stuttering, I am mm-hmm. so moved yeah. by that, that that he has managed to overcome this to the level yeah. he has. And to be, have it be used as a kind of cudgel against him just makes my blood boil, as yeah. I'm sure it does yours as an actual stutterer, who, yeah. I, however you, however you, and, and, and I say this, you know, regardless of your political mm-hmm. uh, feeling and belief, uh, it's just so appalling uh, that that's used against him. And by the way, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about a man that's one of the most powerful people in the world. We are finding fault with what one might see as a disability, but you are taking this on, right? I mean, this is a movement for you. And I know you've got to run, but I just want to ask you this again. Um, What is your vision? What do you want to see? How can we talk to the audience to get them engaged and involved to join in? To help? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Okay. Every person listening to this today, do one thing for another person or towards another person that makes you a little uncomfortable, where you have a little bit of fear, because fear creates anxiety. Anxiety creates prejudice. That's what we're trying to to remove, those kind of Mm -hmm. barriers. When people are familiar, you can't hate them. That's what I want to see. Mm -hmm. I want to see the hellos. I want to see the simple human contact between people who are able-bodied and perhaps someone in a chair, someone who may in some way frighten you just a teeny, teeny bit. Yeah. And I know if I actually, first of all, I read the article three times. I love it. I love you. that, you know, you're quoting Andrew uh, Gerza. I love that you brought that in. Ted would, would just die if I, if I actually would say what I really believe, which you actually wrote in the middle of this article. Um, what? Come on. Go. I, I mean, it, it basically it's pity. When, <laughs> yes. uh, sorry, Ted. But, you know, you're going to read the article. We are so beyond pity right now. That's right. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there, there is no, if, if you, I'm telling you, it's, it's that phrase, the soft bigotry of low expectations. You cannot pity people. If you, if you pity them, you are not 
connecting with them fully as a human being. You cannot look at them as partners. You cannot look at them as friends. So that's what is so evil about about pitying anybody. Um, and, And that's what I would hope everybody who's listening to this thinks. Forget pity and 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 move on from that yeah pity will pity first of all has no respect for the people that are putting every effort forward to be the best they can be pity doesn't have any place at all in the in the world of power and and folks are powerful Mm -hmm. disabled or not they are powerful people. Judith, thank you so much for everything. Again, tell folks where they can find the article, if you don't mind. Oh, no, it's uh, continentalmagazine.com. Uh, and it's also the magazine itself, which looks like a book. It's, it's very thick with a lot of great pieces in it, is available in Barnes & Noble. I love it. And I, I just love you. what you write. I love that you don't fool around and you cut right to the chase. Uh, and let me know. What, I'll, I'll, I'll probably try to get Ted a little bit more information on what episode of L Word Generations to look at. But it was such a thank you. Now, I, I, now I'm going to go look at L Word because you're <laughs> not the first person to tell me to look at it. And I just never have seen it. So I will. Thank you so much. Right. Judith Newman, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. Short break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tuna, uh, turn us in. I just turn us in. I've been turned in a few times, just saying. Um, thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. You know, one of the things you've heard me talk about in the past, I don't know, let's just call it six months, is what is it like to receive startup money, startup investment funding? What is the process? And you all have heard us talk about what that is like for us. But what excites me today is that there are possibilities that didn't exist before. And the possibilities are helping people like my guests today, Catherine Ross and Horace uh, uh, Flournoy, joining me here today to be able to talk about what it means to have an idea, what it means to be out in front of the idea, what it means to really put all your ducks lined up in order. And then what does it mean? What does it mean to really step out and get capital funding? And how do you do that if you're a Black-owned startup? How do you do that? What does it take? And why is it so important not to give up? Catherine Horace, thank you for joining me here today. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Horace, I probably just totally ruined your last name right there. Apologize (laughs) for that. (laughs) No, you didn't, actually. It was was, was right on. This is a conversation that goes beyond probably the short time we have together, but I really want to get down to the, I just want to get down to the root of it. I want to ask each of you, as you take this journey and as you're here, right, Catherine, um, right, Global Leave, Open Innovation, Black Founders Development Program, Accenture Adventures, all of that, Horace, CEO and founder of Sway Brand. When I put these conversations, put both of you together, I got one question. Given your journey and this past decade, I would love to know from each of you, what are the challenges and obstacles each of you had to overcome to bring to this very moment that allows us to inspire and uplift others to not give up? 
Horace, do you want to go first? Sure thing, Dr. Pat. And, you know, I think that this really starts with, uh, with, with the word inspiration. Mm. And for, for folks and, and for people that look like me, uh, you know, inspiration is really universal. And so uh, growing up and, and, and seeing, seeing technology, playing video games really sparked my, my interest in wanting to be a techie. And then uh, lo and behold, I also kind of grafted in this, this desire to be an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, those inspirations came from the products that I was using and, um, and, and the startups and companies that I was seeing and, 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 and the stories like Apple and Google and Facebook and, um, and, and, and Twitter and, and, and many, many others. Um, however, you know, you, you look at a lot of these founders and founder stories and mm. um, not all the time do you see folks that, that look like yourself. But remember, um, that inspiration was still there. So, so really inspiration is universal. And, um, you know, now we're, we're, we're at kind of a junction and an intersection and really an inflection of, of, of opportunity to um, not only inspire um, another generation of diverse leaders um, that represent different communities, um, but also to empower them to uh, to pursue their dreams and their visions, which uh, we're just as prepared to go after, Dr. Mm -hmm. Pat. We're yeah. we're just as prepared. Um, you know, we have just as much experience, just as much passion, tenacity. Um, however, there, there's a few things that are that are out there right now in today's world that can kind of hold us back. And so, um, so yeah, happy to happy to dive in with you. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for that. Because, you know, um, I want to go over to you, Catherine, if we could, um, you know, look, in my previous life as a corporate executive, in what was once known as Bell Laboratories and the research arm of the, the telephone company, phone company, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. we put programs together to enable a pipeline to be created. Because, you, you know, what we saw was, yeah, it's great to have inspiration. It's great to be talking about people, people of color, people that, you know, don't look like your white boss to be able to step up. And then there was no action. And so I often wonder, since I left that job, I often wonder how much progress we have made. And then I get to talk to you, too. And just the mm -hmm. very fact, Catherine, that I'm even talking with you says that we got we have something going on, don't we? We do. We do. Um, I don't want to say that there isn't a lot more work to be done, but, <laughs> um, uh, you know, action is happening. Uh, you know, when I reflect on your, your, your question originally to, yeah. to Horace, you know, if you think about it, corporate America, the first and foremost is there's got to be a realization that there actually is a problem. Um, you know, if you look at it, money is being made, business is being done, billions of dollars are being transacted. So, you know, from that perspective for them, it's successful. But then if you break it down into where those dollars are going, who the suppliers are, who the, the, the benefactors are, um, you know, as a whole, and that less than 1% of those VC funds are going to the Black community, you say, okay, mm. well, <laughs> where business is being done and their success is happening, but there's a problem. Yeah. And so I think first and foremost is there's a recognition that there's a problem out there and that we all have a part to play in order for that problem to change, including that uh, corporate America, as you mentioned, 
has a place in this and actually a pretty significant place um, because, you know, from a, a, a diversity perspective, many of these corporates have um, diversity metrics and plans and things that they want to do. And so, um, whereas I firmly believe that this is the business of business, right? This is actually creating dollars, you know, markets. One of the reasons we looked um, at Sway Brand and, and, and Horace's um, uh, platform is mm-hmm. it's creating a touch point into uh, a culture that you know, simply hasn't been tapped fully. It's a billion dollar market that um, that's already a billion dollar market and there is a whole swath of the demographic that is not being touched. So to your point, action is starting to happen, but the wheels are slow, but they're starting to gain momentum. And that's what's really exciting. You know, I love being able to talk to you. And I'm so sad that this is such a short interview because I want to talk with each of you now about the solution. And thank you for that. Thank you for both of you. Both of you just answers are so in line with the struggles that we have. You know, I think about myself and I think about how little I know about being the owner of one of the fastest growing positive talk radio networks, being Latina and also being part of the LGBTQ community. And I think to myself, you know, why have I not known about the possibilities available to me and to others like me? And it's not a matter of, you know, we're too busy or what's going on. I think it's a matter of not having more conversations with people like you. And I want to ask you both. Tell us about the Black Founders Development Program. But also, there's something also very cool about your partnership, both of y'all coming together, right? Black Founders Development Program and Sway Brand. And I just, I can't even put into words how powerful that partnership is, right? Horace, what do you think? No, you, you, you hit on the head, Pat. And Dr. Pat, we, we're, we're super excited because of the, the, all of the different touch points that we can start to unlock together. And uh, we found synergies in, in, in our collective missions, even. And, you know, Sway Brand, we would, well, part of our vision is to help bridge the gap and restore the equity back to diverse creators uh, mm-hmm. that create trends for brands that, you know, essentially echo in eternity. You know, brands receive a lift in, uh, in popularity and in, in this cool factor and, and that, that translates to, uh, to spend. Uh, in the real commerce, um, not only here in, in, in suburban America, but also uh, across the globe. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very powerful opportunity uh, for brands and, and, and getting indoors, if you will, within the Accenture ecosystem through this Black Founders Development Program has been pivotal. Um, and, and we believe it will prove pivotal for, uh, for taking our solution uh, in the future to, uh, to more of these brands with greater, with greater velocity and acceleration. That's, uh, that's a, that's a dream come true. I love it. I want to talk about like the raising levels of levels of awareness, because we have to offset some of the inequities for sure. There's no question about it. Um, but you know, Catherine, from your perspective, and I'm going to, I'm going to hop back over to you, Horace, in a minute, you know, getting this kind of funding is look, I'm in the hunt for funding for our expansion on a very proprietary software that we've developed for podcasting. And honestly, as much as I think I know, holy cow, this is a world that I don't know anything about. So I need to ask each of you, when you're speaking to our audience today, 
what is it about what this journey has been like for you, what you've learned, and how does it feel to get the funding? Who wants to take that one? That's got to feel good. <laughs> well, I, I'll have to let Horace speak to getting the funding. Okay. Um, what, what I will say on my end um, is, to your point, right, on both sides of the equation, the, the thing that we need to get to is making sure that we put ourselves in the other side's shoes. From an Accenture standpoint, my goal was to say, I don't know what I don't know. I don't want to presuppose what these founders may need from us from an Accenture. Uh, and we have to do our best to meet them where they are and provide them with what they need at that time, right? You know, assuming that there's synergies in terms of our connection, just like we found with Horace and with Swaybrand. Yeah. Um, so I think finding um, uh, and doing that, and unfortunately, that's not a, um, there, there's no step-by-step plan that you can do that. Um, you just have to have the intention, if you will, to go out there and make yourself open to that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, you know, that allows us to start to change the game and, and opening more doors. But I will speak, I'll let Horace speak to, you know, what it feels like to get the capital and what that yeah. means for him. Well, can I just comment? You nailed yeah, it. Sure. You nailed it. Okay. Because what I do is I work with women mostly because what I love is helping them set that intention, Catherine, right? Because half the time we get deflated before we even understand that we can be inflated. Right. We get totally <laughs> deflated. We're like, it's like pop the balloon before it even blew up. <laughs> or, or is what's it like to be holding the balloon? <laughs> well, well, it feels, it certainly feels great. And, and I think more than that, you know, you, you, you have this feeling of acceptance, Dr. Patton, yeah. and, that, that's really the, the core of it. For us, uh, many of us are, are mission-driven, uh, us as minorities, and uh, certainly our platform is mission-driven. And uh, the, the money feels great, but it also feels even better to have a team um, with you, side-by-side side with you, that, that also kind of believes in, in, in what you believe and, uh, and sees the vision and buys into the vision. Uh, pun intended. So um, that's that I think is really the, uh, the the goal, Dr. Pat. Yeah. And, you know, I love that we are still talking about, you know, not really caving in. You know, one of the things that, you know, my mom taught me and Catherine, I'd love for you to talk about this. And before we run out of time, I love for you all to tell people how they can find out more about what we're talking about. Because this is part of the journey. It's yes to educate people, inform people, but boy, how can we put some connections in their hands, Catherine? Absolutely. I think the simplest thing is reach out. Reach out to me. You can go to Accenture.com, search for Black Founders. You'll find information about our program. If you are a founder, if you want to um, apply, you can apply through the website or you can just ask for information. And we're happy to do that. We're happy to connect, even if Accenture is not the right place for you. You know, I want to I want to say this quote and then I'd like each of you to comment and I want to thank you. I can't thank you enough. You know, my mama used to say this is my mama who had a first child at 12 and second child at 13. What she used to say to us three girls is conquer everything and compromise nothing. Mm. And so I, I know. Right. Did you hear that? So I want to ask each of you, what is your personal message? What do you want to leave us with so that the people listening to this who may have walked away from a dream come back? Come back. Who wants to go first? Horace, you want to go first? I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Was, uh, ladies first, normally, but call me out. <laughs> um, 
You know, we think that the the opportunity is very real um, and we're sitting at a, a tremendous intersection. We're in, I think, a, uh, a community uh, of, of Black Americans, a, a community of minorities are searching and, and, and hunting for uh, for brands that have uh, that that make a genuine effort to 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 win the loyalty mm. of uh, of our community, and I think that uh, this is this is our personal prediction. You know, these brands uh, and even Accenture in supporting us will will see the benefits um, uh, in the future for a long time because they've they they put their uh, their money where their mouth is. Uh, for creating ways to uh, accelerate us as, as Black founders or um, speak more authentically to, to minority and, and intercultural audiences. Um, and so we, we really want to leave the audience with that. You know, if you are a brand, uh, if you have a company of product or service, um, Sway Brand would love to, love to engage with you, love to work with you. Um, and again, the, the opportunity is now and, and it could translate into uh, future generations. I love it. Of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Catherine, I know I got to run, but I want to hear from you. Last words. You know what? The last words are take action, right? Um, yeah. Make Set a plan, set an intention and, and go for it. There's opportunity on both sides. There's money to be made on both sides. And in doing so, we actually create new innovations. Yeah. With that. I want to thank you both. Thank you. I wish this were longer. Thank you for being all you can be. And thank you for allowing us to empower ourselves to be the same. Thank you, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Be Happy Now show. Flex your soul connection muscle and be your inner guide to fulfillment and purpose. I'm Claudia Sam. If you know that you're here for a bigger reason, this is the place to be. Together, we ditch the self-care guilt and quit the go-go-go with less fear and more trust. Tune in to living life in alignment with your full potential. The Be Happy Now show starts now. Hello and welcome to the Be Happy Now show. And today it's all about what's your inner body indicator of stress, of anxiety, of doubt, of fear, of worry, of name it, our body is the messenger. Whether you're getting recurring headaches or shoulder, neck, back, stomach pain, or have been having trouble sleeping, or have restless leg syndrome, or whatever your body is showing up for you, there is so much that we get to learn from it if you are willing My name is Claudia Sam. I'm your Soul Connection Coach, and I support driven, ambitious, happiness seekers who deep down know that they're here for a bigger reason, and right now they might not be the happiest they can be, yet they are ready to align with their true self and go all in to clarifying their path to purpose. So I support them using my tune-in method in my one-on-one and group coaching programs. And it's so exciting, the work that we get to do, the the ahas, the awakenings we get to experience, and how deep we get to know ourselves when we do this kind of work that can, sometimes I get the, oh, but it's, it can be so heavy. 
Although here's the thing, you get to choose whether it's heavy or joyful work to get to know yourself better. And I say it's joyful. It's joyful. It's joyful. And it's so fun. If you want more, to, if you want to know more about soul connection coaching and the tune-in method, go to claudiasamcoaching.com. You can meditate with me. You can um, download my three, my free three-step audio guide to put to putting yourself first at the top of the to-do list without feeling guilty. And there's even a five-day free self-care challenge on my website you can find and join. So go to claudiasamcoaching.com and get started. In this episode, we will practice my AWE method, A-W-E method, so that you can de-stress instantly, okay? You are going to experience a meditation and you'll learn what is your body trying to tell you instead of numbing or ignoring the signs. You'll be able to really feel a release right away and know how to handle whenever you have a physical pain and you're like, what is up? Am I just going to pop a pill? Maybe that works. Maybe you want to go another route. We are not here to judge. We're not here to point fingers. We're not here to say that one way is better than the other. We're here to explore together to try to understand our body better helps us to understand who we are better helps us to live in alignment with why we're here all right in what ways is your body trying to tell you something are you ignoring the signs and you'll find out more about what how what can you do with the ibi with the inner body indicator Okay, you'll hear me talk about that a lot, the IBI. That is me saying that's your inner body indicator. And the inner body indicator doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be about um, chronic uh, pain. It doesn't have to be about uh, cancer. It doesn't have to be about big illness that brings you to the hospital. Because the work that we do here and by you listening to this show right here, right now, is something you're going to learn tools to prevent big, big boo hoggy, as um, Ross and friends say. <laughs> you're going to prevent from, from, um, from the, you know, that to hit the fan. All right, Claudia Sam, get your words together. <laughs> I'm going to start by sharing an example of a big life, a big example, something big that the body was trying to tell one of my clients, just so that you can see that you don't need to get to that point. All right. So I'm going to use um, her name, Allie. Allie used to be, and, and just while I say this story, while I share this story with you, just tune in to feel, does that resonate with me? Am I in the same situation? And here, we're not diagnosing, okay? Just make sure this is not what's happening. We are just exploring. And I'm sharing a story so that you can relate, but also see that this ends well. This ends well. My client, Allie, was giving all of herself to others. She's a therapist, a mother, a grandmother. She built her own business, and she was brought up with the belief that you are good enough when you put everyone else first. So she would go be herself the way she knew how to be. 
day after day, work late, work hard to get results. She would be stuck in this survival mode of the go, 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 of not sleeping well, not listening to the body. And what happened is that she was diagnosed with cancer. In that scenario, in this story, Ali actually healed from cancer. And after that, what happened is that she went back to the same go, go, go lifestyle. Instead of listening to the body and tuning in to the messages that were there for her, she went back to that same lifestyle and then she fell and broke her neck. So she says it like this. She says, life hit me in the face with a two by four twice. <laughs> and thankfully, the second hit wasn't as bad as cancer. Yes, she broke her neck and she healed from that. But what she chose to do for herself and to take on was the digging inside of herself. What did that mean? What did that mean to be to have cancer and then to, to fall and break her neck? She no longer wanted that to happen in her life. That those were her wake up calls. And now what Allie is doing religiously is making self-care her lifestyle. I invite you to check out the Be Happy Now show episode, uh, Make Self-Care Your Lifestyle, <laughs> if you want to know more about that. Or actually, I think it's called Ditch the Self-Care Guilt. Yeah. What Ali has been working on alongside me is becoming her own inner guide, flexing her soul connection muscle so that listening to her inner body indicator was easy so that she didn't have to go through cancer again or fall and break her neck. And now she's preventing further of these illnesses and diseases from happening from the lifestyle that she is choosing for herself. And again, we're not, we are not diagnosing anyone here. I'm, I'm just sharing one of the success stories from my clients and how listening to her inner body indicator indicator has helped her to love herself more, to slow down, to make Fridays her me day so that it's not, she's not going back to that fast paced lifestyle because she found out that giving all of herself was emptying her battery. She was giving all of herself to others and she was not equally receiving and listening to your inner body indicator finding out what your inner body indicator is trying to tell you is huge to be able to take that first baby step before making decisions like I'm going to take the Friday off. For example, let's do a little assessment. Are you ignoring the signs by numbing them? Maybe or not. Again, we're not here to judge or point fingers. I burnt out myself. I went through this lifestyle of go, 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 putting my work first, putting, well, yeah, my work first. I had no life. <laughs> I worked in media and I loved my job so much that my whole life was about my work. So everything I would talk about would be my work. Everything I would do was about my work. Everything I would think about was about my work. I didn't really know who Claudia Sam was apart from the title of the job I had. And what that 
ha- what that did is that one summer I did 180 hours in overtime without getting compensated. And I realized I was working for someone else. I was not working for my happiness at all. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to change jobs. That's going to fix it. But the inner body indicator I was actually ignoring was that while I was at that job, that initial media job, I was getting sick four times a year. No joke, strep throat, big infections. I was off, literally off of work physically, except I was still texting. I was still sending emails. I was still on while I was sick. And I didn't see those as signs. I would down Advil's. Oh my gosh. Advil's were my best friend. And then when I changed jobs, because I thought it would fix the problem, I realized that this go, go, go nature I had was still part of me. So I took that nature to the other job. So one time my body, my heart rate started to go so high that I was in a ball in my office. My chest was constricted. I could hardly breathe. And I, I was embarrassed. So I was sitting in a ball behind my desk and I took the phone and I called for an ambulance because I couldn't breathe. I thought I was dying. I was burnt out. The change of jobs was not helping. I had ignored my body until it burned me out until I had those huge panic attacks that I had to go to the hospital. So my, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is that listening to my body has become such a part of my lifestyle that it's so easy to do it now. It's not about nagging or judging my body or being mean or being like the mean teacher you have that keeps telling you what's wrong with you. That's not what we want. We want to build a beautiful relationship with our body. We want to be able to love ourselves and to to feel like our body is our best friend. When's the last time that when you looked at yourself in the mirror, you said, hi, looking, locking eyes with yourself? acknowledging that you're there. I challenge you, next time you walk in front of a mirror, can you lock eyes with yourself and say hi? Just an acknowledgement. Hmm? When I was, so the sickness that I would have every, you know, every quarter um, was signs, were signs that I was ignoring. Another thing that I was ignoring were headaches. I had headaches even when I was in elementary school. And as an adult now, what I'm realizing, because I still often get headaches, but way less, as a child, my out, you know, to go, okay, I can't handle this, now I have a headache. That was the coping mechanism of my body to give me a headache so that I would go to the principal's office whenever I was bullied. Whenever I was bullied by the cool kids, thinking I wasn't cool enough, my brain kind of erased some of that, so I don't have it. I can see it in my head, me being at the principal's office, having to call my parents. It was my out. It was my way out. And right now, the headaches, what it's evolved in, when I do get headaches now as an adult, I know that it's because I am putting pressure on myself to do everything right. I am criticizing myself. And I'm really like, imagine that both your hands were pressing into your temples That is the pressure of the self-criticism of, no, you need to do it this way. Oh, you should have done it better. Are you sure you did it right? 
mm, maybe I should go into the nitty gritty of the details to make sure I do everything right because otherwise I'm going to be judged and I'm going to be bullied again. So the body has this memory of protecting us, of wanting to defend us from these traumatic events in a way. And so are you ignoring? I never know how to pr properly say this. Is it ignoring or ignoring? Ignoring. So, uh, ignoring. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> so are you ignoring the signs by numbing them? Are you ignoring the signs by numbing them? And by numbing them, I mean... Just think you went outside without a scarf or thinking you didn't hydrate enough, which could be part of the equation. It can also be deeper than that. Are you numbing them by being, you know, taking in all of those Advils and pain meds? Or can you maybe go for a more natural route or ask your body, what's this about? <laughs> We're going to practice the AWE method together, the A-W-E method that I created part of my tune-in method right now. You're listening to the Be Happy Now show with your soul connection coach, Claudia Sam. And wherever you are, if it's available to you, I invite you to close your eyes. Otherwise, try your best to be right here right now and to listen to my voice. This practice will help you to release stress, anxiety, worry, or doubt. And whatever is showing up for you, whatever will come of this meditation is right for you in this moment. And you might practice this meditation another time and you might get something completely different. Okay? So let the experience of right now be perfect. With the eyes closed... Notice how right now you are choosing to turn your gaze within. Notice how you can open the eyes and you're, this is the external world. When you open the eyes, you see around you, you can turn your head and go, okay, this is outside of my body. And when you come back to center and close the eyes, your gaze is now turning within. You are befriending the inner you. Relax the forehead, relax the jaw, relax the shoulders. Become aware of the breath as it moves in through the nostrils and out. And with each out breath, allow any tension that you right now feel to go away. Untuck the belly, unclench the teeth. And follow the breath in and out. There is nothing else for you to do right now than to be with this act of love towards your body, towards your being. You deserve to be right here, right now. You are safe. You are supported. Keep breathing in and out. Bring to mind a situation that happened today that pushes your buttons. A situation that either made you angry or anxious or worried. Don't worry, we're not going to stay in this heightened state. I invite you to bring to mind a situation that stressed you out. Don't overthink it. And from this point on, notice in your body, 
where this goes, where the anxiety or the stress or the doubt or the worry goes. I'm going to lead you through a body scan right now so that you can choose one sensation at the spot that is that has the strongest sensation. Do you feel pressure at the temples or like a locking at the jaw or maybe like a ball in the throat? Maybe there's weight on the shoulders or heaviness in the back. Sometimes it can show up as a dagger in the chest or difficulty breathing. Maybe it's at the stomach and it feels like an uneasy, squeezy kind of sick feeling. Or maybe it's pain at the lower back. Maybe it's something else. Can you identify what your IBI is right now? Can you identify the inner body indicator right now of the sensation in this moment? Pick one that is the strongest. This is the A of the awe method, being aware of the IBI. And from this point, we are just going to be in the awareness. We are not going to change it. We're not going to judge it. From an outside point of view, can you be with the tension or the pain or the sensation? And keep focusing on your out-breath. By being with the pain, with the tension, with the sensation, we are giving it space to be just like someone who would come knocking on your door. If you don't answer and they know you're there, they might pound on the door. They might ring the doorbell many times. It might get really annoying by being with the sensation. We are opening the door. Let's go to widening the breath, the W in the awe method. Breathe in through the nose and imagine that you are inflating that area of the body that was painful or tense with the breath. And when you exhale, imagine the pain or the tension to just float away. Breathing in, imagine it's like a balloon of space in that area of the body. And when you exhale, it's no longer a balloon, it's just space and it goes away. Breathe in, widen the space with the breath. Breathe out. Let it go. Two more times at your own pace. And now the E of the awe method is to feel empowered to release it. Let it go like a cloud in the sky that moves, like a hot pan that drops. You're just doing it. Let it go. And come back to the breath in and out through the nostrils and very gently open the eyes. Well done. How does the sensation feel? Were you able to notice a shift from tight to expanding to spacious? And if this sensation is recurring within you, within your body, my invitation is that you ask it what it's here to share with you. It can be as simple as imagining that you're talking to it and asking, what do you have to share with me? What are you about? Or what do I need to know? Please remember that your IBI changes and evolves 
Okay. The pain that you have now relates maybe to a specific action or a specific way of being or a specific story. And if the story changes, the pain and the tension might change. And we are being kind with the body when we are being in tune with it. Here are three soul connection coaching for you to reflect and be with. What actions are you willing to take on in order to tune, to tune in to your IBI more often? What actions are you willing to take on in order to tune into your IBI more often? Are you willing to not judge or criticize yourself and the sensation? Are you willing to not judge nor criticize yourself or the sensation? And instead of wanting to fix it right away, what if you let it tell you what it needs? Are you willing to let it tell you what it needs? When I get headaches and I feel the pressure and the criticizing, what I need is to remind my inner child, my inner being, my true self, that I'm appreciated, that I love and accept of myself. And I will walk in my house or even lay down in the dark and repeat, I love and accept myself. Thank you, Louise Hay. There are many ways you can explore your inner body indicator. And I'd love to be your guide and by your side to help you be your own inner guide to playing with your inner body indicator as it shifts and as it evolves. You are an empowered being capable of tuning in, of flexing that soul connection muscle so that being an active participant in your own life is easy, is flowy and is not demanding or forceful and doesn't keep you in the survival go, go, go mode. You are a calm being of light and love, and you get to in this life right here, right now to access it if you choose to. I would love to partner with you in your vision, in your health, in your clarity on your path to purpose. I invite you to book a free 20-minute clarity call with me just go to claudiasamsoulcoaching.com forward slash yes. And I'm so excited to believe in you, especially if you are ready and willing to believe in you too. See you again soon.